you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. Today. We're so happy that you're here. My name is Mark, one of the pastors here at Grace Capital Church. We are on week two of this series, like no one else, really looking at the patterns of this world and realizing that the patterns of this world um, are determined by the ruler of this world, which is Satan, and his job is to kill, steal, destroy. So it's our job to no longer give ourselves to the patterns of this world, but to begin to look at living like no one else. We got to live not like the rest of the world. We have to live um, differently. We're called not citizens of this world. We're citizens of a different world, of the kingdom of God. Today, we're going to be talking about selfishness and learning how to become less selfish. From Psychology Today, the magazine, this is what it says. The message from your critic is clear. You're paying too much attention to your own wants needs and well-being, and not enough attention on others. Selfish behavior is often described as immoral. A good person thinks of others first. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Interesting psychology today quotes the Bible there. That's actually, Jesus says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. We live in a challenging world today because so much of our time and attention and so much of our advertisers and those who sell us things want to make everything about you, right? Your social media, your Instagram, your Snapchat, your everything is self, self, self. The question I have to say, though, is... Have we become so self-focused that we actually are breaking one of the Ten Commandments? In Exodus 20, verse 4, it says, You shall not make yourself an idol of any kind. Idolatry is image worship. And can it be that the Bible says idolatry, idolatry is wrong and has our selfishness made us the idol? Image worship. Are we worshiping ourselves just because purely for the amount of time that we focus on ourselves? I'm going to do a quick test with you. You want to find out if you're selfish? I'll I'll help you with a little test. Here we go. Uh, You're selfish if you are. Now, obviously, this will sound like, duh, of course, if you're self-centered, though. But what's self-centered? Self-centered is you spend more time thinking about yourself than you do thinking about others. Do you even consider other people's needs around you? Or are you, considered, are you considering your own needs? Number one, self-centeredness. How, how much do you think of other people? Number two, lacking thankfulness. Um, if somebody gives you something, if somebody actually spends time to think of you and does something kind for you, are, do you have this feeling of gratefulness or... Or are you not thankful? Uh, The selfish person is not very thankful. Uh, So the last time somebody did something nice for you, did, did you have this well up of gratefulness, thankfulness of your heart? Or are you feeling a little bit entitled? Like, of course they should have done that for me. Come on. After all, I'm me. You know, don't you know who I am? Well, number three. Well, here's the, uh, another great indicator of whether you're selfish or not. You have the inability to accept responsibility. 
You don't take responsibility for your actions. You see, uh, not accepting blame helps the selfish to live the same way without changing. And you know, here's the interesting thing, because if we take... If we take ownership of something, that means we have to change, and sometimes it requires cutting things away from our life, and selfish people don't want to get rid of anything. How, how easy is it for you to take responsibility for your actions? If you have the inability to accept responsibility, you're a selfish person. Well, how about this one? Number four, how about do you love seeing the success of other people? See, selfish people hate seeing other people succeed. They don't like sharing the limelight and they want to steal the recognition whenever they can. How are you doing with that? Last one, shady motives. So when you say yes to serve, when you say yes to do something nice for somebody, are you re- what is your motivation? Because selfish people actually have two motivations. They, they want to say, I want to look good. But behind the I want to look good, there's another motivation, which is like, it's about me. And so, you know, how are you, how's your motivation when you help somebody else out? Well, now that we all know we're, we're all selfish people, I, I want to help us on this journey a little bit to understand that we are actually stealing from ourselves. We're actually living not the way we've been designed to live if we live selfishly. It actually, remember, the enemy, his job is to kill, steal, and destroy, and that's the pattern of this world. And selfishness definitely is a part of the pattern of this world. How do we overcome? Well, today we're going to be in Philippians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me, please. Philippians chapter 2. And, uh, and if you have the Bible, or if you have our app, Grace Catable Church app, you can just go down there and you can look up the scripture verse on the Bible app right inside the Grace Catable Church app. See, I, I think we have to determine that the selfish way of living is not the way we were designed to live. You realize we were created in God's image, right? Genesis tells us we were created in the image of God. And, and God's image is, he's a giver, right? For God so loved the world that he gave us his son, right? His one and only son. And then if we're to be followers of Jesus, we are to, to act like Jesus. And Jesus, so much so, was a giver that he actually gave his very life. When you think about Jesus' ministry, how, would you say that Jesus was selfish? How often do we think that Jesus is saying, you know, it's about me. I want the center of attention. Typically, you would say, hey, don't go tell anybody what I just did for you. And yet he would go around and, and bring healing to people and minister to people. And, and I don't recall besides him getting away early in the morning to rejuvenate his soul that he really spent too much time by himself focusing on himself. And the reality when he actually spent time away with his father, it was really so he can get the directions for the day's um, ministry and mission. So in the Philippians chapter 2, Philippians is, um, this is one of um, Paul's letters, the, um, the Apostle Paul, 
And he is writing to the church in Philippi, and in, in chapter 2, this is what he says, talking about Christ's humility. So if, there are, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord with one mind. All that to say is, be like Jesus. Here we go. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. I could drop the mic and go home right now on that verse. Turn to your neighbor, if you will, somebody that you want to talk to that'd be really nice to and says, you're more significant than I am. Yeah, for some of you, that was really awkward to say that because it's like, wait a second, I am the most significant person in the room. How could it be that I'm saying somebody else is more significant than I? Well, that's really what that verse is saying. Consider others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to others. Oh, let, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by the taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You see, in the end times, there's going to be, we were told how our society is going to look, how we're going to function. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 5, it says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. You read all those qualities, those are qualities of self-centeredness, of selfishness, and we are told that that is what our society is going to be. And even more reason why us as followers of Jesus, and if you're here today and you're not even a follower of Jesus yet, I'll give you an opportunity to, I'll introduce you to him today. But the reality is that our selfishness of a society, this selfish society is actually starting to steal the very life from us. You see, we were meant to be givers, and if all we're doing is are we're being takers, then we just continue to get stuffed full. And it's kind of like a, a murky little pond that has no inlet or outlet. It only has or maybe has an inlet, but no outlet. It just becomes like a little cesspool. And our lives without the flow of an inlet and an outlet is really the way we were designed that we receive from God, we receive his goodness, we receive his love, but it's meant to be shared to go out 
to give to others. And that's what gives us our, our joy. That's what gives us our peace. And that is, becomes the truest nature of who we are. I just had a really strange moment. I'm going to share with you. It is a, like a little bit of a rabbit trail. But sometimes I speak, and then all of a sudden, it just happened to me right then. I was like listening to my words like my words weren't my words for a moment. And it kind of freaked me out. I was like, who's talking? I was like, it was me talking. And so I'm wondering if God's trying to tell me something. But that was really bizarre. Like, I just heard this voice. And I said, wait a second, that's my voice. All right. I just went on a little rabbit trail with you. It's okay. I am sane. I'm not on any heavy medication. Um, All right. Moving on here, though. You see, in Ephesians 5, it says that we're to be imitators of God and God's nature to be selfless. And we have to battle this, this natural thing that takes place in us to become self-centered. Every single one of us, remember, from children, we, we learn this really well. We cry, we get something, right? We get the, we, we, we've learned how to be receivers, and it's harder to be givers, But I think humility, you see, the scripture tells us that Jesus himself learned humility. I think we need to learn humility. See, I I believe humility is awareness of people and responding to their needs. I think that's humility. To have an awareness of other people around us and then respond to their needs. In a world that we're so preoccupied with this, it's very easy to stop being aware of people around us. Many times we will walk, actually, and while we're on our device, and we become like there's no other people on this planet besides us and our device. And see, this is the world we live in, and and Jesus is saying, there's no way that we're going to be able to see the needs of people. And as we sang these songs, and thank you, Pastor Richie, that was a beautiful, you wrote that song, didn't you? That last one that we did, that was awesome. But yet, what you've told us in that song is, is we need to reach this world with the message of Jesus Christ. And, and the challenge is if we're all so self-focused and we are no longer aware of people around us, how in the world are people going to know Jesus? See, people know Jesus because they begin to know the Jesus that's inside of us. But if the Jesus inside of us is locked inside and never had an opportunity that our eyes go up and we look at people and, and realize the needs around us, then the Jesus inside of us stays dormant and our lives become pretty murky and clouded and we're not living the way that Jesus intended us to live. So give some practical examples here. Uh, how are, aware are we? So when you're um, in the grocery store and, and you have a big cartload of stuff and somebody's behind you that has three items, like would you let them go first? Or would you even be aware that somebody only had three items behind you? How about this? You know, we say chivalry's dead. Back in the day, I, I don't really remember these 
this time. I remember my parents doing it, but guys holding doors open for ladies, right? Or how about you just going into a building yourself and would you be aware of that somebody's behind you and you'd hold the door open? You know, this, this idea that being aware of people and the needs around us, we have to begin to start saying, if my life is less about me and more about others, because remember the scripture says, count others, in essence, more important than yourself, then you have to begin to state, start taking yourself off the pedestal of your life. You have to stop thinking about that you are the center of the universe, and we have to begin to take a humble approach and be aware of the people and their needs around us. How about a simple thing like this, that when you're walking and you pass somebody by, I know New Englanders aren't known for this, but let's change the trend. How about we actually look somebody in the aisles who are walking by and smiling at somebody and saying hello? I know it just, some of you guys just got like really quiet about that. I was like, oh, we're not, we don't do that in New England. <laughs> but are you aware? So how do we become less selfish? Here we go. We become less selfish when we think of ourselves less. Pretty simple. So the goal for this week is we're going to begin to learn how to think of ourselves less and think of others more. And we're going to start breaking the patterns of this world that keep us locked inside, that keeps us so focused that, and I believe it's a, it's a, it's a trick of the enemy. I really do. I think it's one of his ploys because as long as we're self-focused, then we have no ability to minister to the people around us. It's true. So we need to begin to think of ourselves less, which means you're going to get up in the morning and you're going to say, Lord, help me to see the needs of people around me today. Help me to not think about myself. I think that's what fasting does, quite frankly. I think fasting begins to break the cycle of selfishness because when we fast, we, we typically are thinking about meeting our own needs, right? I'm hungry. What am I thinking about? By the way, if you, if you, if you started this week thinking that you're not going to be thinking about your meals, you'll be surprised how often we think about food. But what if we replace thinking about food with thinking about a person? So the moment that you start thinking about your meal, why don't you shift your focus to think about, hey, who do I need to be praying for? Who do I need to be thinking about? What are the needs of people around us? You see, when we start living that way, we realize we have to live like nobody else. The rest of the world will, is very selfish and self-centered. We have to live like no one else. See, the common way is to live like the world, but the world is so empty. The interesting thing, do you realize that we probably as a society have more stuff than we ever have had, that we have more access to anything that we could ever want, we have so much entertainment, so much media, so much, so much, so much, but yet we are the highest of all time medicated for depression. Of all time, of all history, we are the most depressed people 
alive on the planet. And I wonder if there's a connection to our self-centeredness and our depression. You see, I believe that when I was talking about that if all we're doing is taking, 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 and and our lives just become full of self-centeredness, that seriously, it begins to rob us of our joy. It begins to rob us of our peace. But the moment that we start lifting our heads, start looking into the eyes of people, start acknowledging that there are people who have needs around us who are hurting, and we begin to start living like Jesus, which begins to say, hey, how could I maybe minister to that person? That just maybe we can start seeing a changing trend that we become less selfish when we think of ourselves less. I'm going to give you some real practical examples of how to do this. Number one, make friends with compromise. You see, as long as you feel like you have to have your way all the time, and you're right, it's very selfish. Why don't you make friends with compromise saying, you know what, I don't have to have it my way. Why don't I give in a little bit and we'll, we'll figure a middle ground. That's a great example. Number two, how about putting yourself in somebody else's shoes? So the next time you get mad at a waitress because they've, you know, not served you well at a restaurant, could you just maybe, just maybe put yourself in her shoes and, or his shoes and realize that maybe there's something going on in his or her life that you don't, you're not aware of? And by you just lashing out and demanding, mm, I just touched a little hot button there. Okay. How about this one, volunteering your time? Now, a lot of you people do that. I love seeing all the volunteers at Grace Capital Church, but I would also encourage you volunteer outside of this church. Find a place to serve somebody else. But when you do, by the way, think about your motives. Are you doing it just to actually serve somebody or are you doing it for another reason? Make sure it's not selfish. Number four, sacrifice your spotlight. When your team has done something great at work, instead of you being the front to the line and say, look at what I've done, why don't you share the spotlight with somebody and say, hey, can I, can I brag on my team, mate? Can I brag on this person a little bit? Lift somebody else up. Helps us become less selfish. The very nature of God who dwells inside of us, when you become a follower of Jesus, when you receive Jesus, his spirit dwells inside of you. His nature is inside of us. And his nature is to be a giver, not a taker. God gave us his son. Jesus gave his very life. What if we yielded to the spirit of God in our life? 
Do you know when Jesus, before he's crucified in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, not my will, but your will be done. He's talking to his Father in heaven. Not my will, but your will be done. How well would you be able to say that today? Not my will, but God, your will be done. Would you be okay yielding your life to the Spirit of God? And would you be okay if he said, hey, by the way, I want you to do X. Everybody loves when you talk about this, like, but just don't send me to Africa. Well, maybe he wants you in Africa. Would you be okay to yield your will? Because that is the probably the greatest place of being selfless is to yield your life to the Spirit of God, that we're vessels to be used by Him to share with this world that is so lost and dying, chaotic, and filled with self. Are you willing to yield to God's plan for your life? So today, to sum it all up, the question is, how selfish are we? The solution is to become less selfish. You got to think of yourself less. Consider the Bible says, consider others more important than yourself, which means you got to determine that you have to somehow make your life less about you. And here's, I gave some practical examples of how you can do that. And then at the end of the day, the highest calling I would say of us as followers of Jesus would begin to say, not my will, not my plan, not my way, but yield to the Spirit of God. Would you be willing to yield to the Spirit of God? Let's pray. Lord, I ask that each one of us would take a great account of how much we think about our own lives. finances, our days, our food. What are we posting on social media? What we're going to watch? Where are we going? What trip are we planning? If we're really to take an honest stock and account, Lord Jesus, of how much we spend on looking at ourselves. Lord, we want to ask for forgiveness if we have become the idol. That we are actually worshiping ourselves and not worshiping you, Lord. Please forgive us. Jesus, I pray that this week our heads would be lifted up to see the needs of others around us, that we would wake up each morning and saying, Others are more significant than myself. So if we're married, that's our spouse. We have kids, that's our kids. Our co-workers. That we begin to see people the way that you would see them, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would learn to become greater givers. I love that challenge this morning also in the giving of our finances. 
that helps unstop things in our lives, Lord Jesus. Father, we want to live fully for you. And ultimately, Lord Jesus, we want to say, not my will, but your will be done. While we're in this moment, I'm mindful that there's some here today that maybe don't know you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I would like this privilege of introducing them to you. I remember back in my early 20s, Lord Jesus, when somebody prayed a simple prayer with me, similar to this, that, God, I'm tired of living for myself. I want to live for you with purpose. Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life. Come into my life. Thank you for going to the cross to take care of my sin, my shame, my guilt. Thank you for three days later rising from the grave to show the world that you really are who you said you were, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. A simple prayer like that is what I prayed, and I'd love to pray that with you. If you'd like to receive Christ, just slip up your hand and If there's anybody here that would like to receive Jesus this morning, just raise your hand and uh, so I can acknowledge it. I want to make sure you look at my eyes if you've raised your hand and keep it up until I do see. I don't want to miss the opportunity. Father, I thank you for this morning, what you're doing in each of our hearts. Jesus, uh, a good refresher for each one of us to say that our lives are not our own, that that they were purchased with a cost, that you paid, Jesus, you gave your life for us. We pray that we would give our lives to you, Lord Jesus, to see your kingdom be established here in this earth, to love others more than we love ourselves, to care for others more than we care for ourselves. Help us to become less selfish. Lord Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If I could have the prayer team come forward, those uh, who would love to pray with you, I just want you to see them um, so you know who to go to. Um, If you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for deliverance, if you need prayer for, you know, just need some encouragement, If you gave your life to Jesus or you didn't raise your hand, but you know, I I would really love for somebody to just pray that I would receive Christ. Whatever it is that you need prayer for, these prayer team would love to uh, pray with you. Otherwise, um, have an amazing week and uh, we'll see you guys next week as we continue on this series like no one else. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.